You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I give you A. And with that, I want to welcome you all into the ACL pod featuring the one and only Cap'n Wags. I'm ACL. He is Wags. Week four of the NFL is here. Crazy to think, Wags, that we're a month in. Week three is behind us. We will touch upon everything that happened there. Look ahead to some of the awesome games in week four. Give out the Monday night questions. $200 in site credit to the winner. And of course, free plays at the end. Uh, guys, be sure to rate and review the pod. We are going to be picking that one lucky winner at the um, at the end of this month, which is here now. So all you have to do is leave a five-star review, leave a comment, and of course, leave your Twitter handle so we know how to get in touch with you. And then we're going to pick one winner out and give them a site credit there. So yeah. be sure to do that. Sadly, sadly, nobody won this week. Nobody had Eric Fisher as the final touchdown of the game. For the Monday night contest you're talking about. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. the Monday night yeah. contest. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I tweeted that out, and you and I were texting. And I think Eric Fisher caught that touchdown, and there was still some time left in the game. So it was possible that someone else got a touchdown. But we are like, if it ends like this, I'm pretty sure that uh, that nobody had that. And if they did have it, I think we probably would have had to double their site credit just for having Eric Fisher <laughs> as, as the winner there. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, to have 54 in the total there and get the push when all we needed was uh, over 17 points in the second half. And we had a missed extra point and a missed field goal by – Second best kicker in the league. Incredible. Never like to, you know, complain about pushes because you get your money back and whatnot, but that was a kind of a, eh, kind yeah. of a push. Se- seems like kickers needed that preseason just as much as everybody Oof. else. Uh, unbelievable how many missed kicks there have been. Steven Guskowski, game one, we all know what happened there, and then I think he's he's hasn't missed one since. Um, so maybe he just needed to get the rust off in, in that first game. But, yep. uh, yeah, here we are, guys. I think – Quite, quite a bit of, of, of different takeaways here. But, I mean, we are sort of seeing the haves and the have-nots in, in this league. Obviously, you have Kansas City and Baltimore. That game was terrific on Monday night. Wags, for me, the teams that impressed, and I'm not talking about necessarily last week, but just sort of all season so far, and you could say Chiefs and Ravens. But for me, it's the Buffalo Bills, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks. And the Niners, I mean, this is a team that was basically playing JV level players, practice squad guys that they brought up because they had so many injuries. They go into New York and beat a Giants team, I mean handily. This team outcoached, outclassed, everything. Nick Mullins looked like Joe Montana back there. Um, they got steamed down I, I from plus four to plus three. I took the Giants earlier in the week at plus four, and they were never in this game. I mean, Joe Judge looks like a complete joke as a coach so far. We'll see what happens later on in the year. But, I mean, for me, the Niners looked extremely impressive this past weekend. Yeah, Joe Dudd, more like it. And uh, There we go. Yeah, the, look, the, the Bills came out hot. They definitely impressed me, but um, they definitely showed some weakness, right? They kind of let their guard down, uh, let the Rams come back. Now, the Rams are a good team, so, you know, it's not like uh, they this happened against a weak team. Um, but, you know, they had some difficulty up front, but I guess everybody, look, Aaron Donald showed again why this guy continues to be one of the best. I mean, he dominated the Bills' front line. He made Josh Allen have to move around the pocket, which he did, and Josh, to Josh Allen's credit, made the throws when he needed to, ran the ball when he needed to, um, you know, broke some tackles and, and got, uh, you know, out of that rush to, to make some plays. So uh, Bills do pull it out, um, you know, obviously helps my over eight and a half future play, which I uh, always like to see those Bills start out 3-0 on that. So that that's good. Um, and like you said, look, the, the Niners, Seattle, uh, obviously clicking, you know. Josh Allen, we talked about him as a sneaky MVP guy. He was leading the league in passing. Last week against the Rams, Josh Allen, 24-33, 311 yards, four touchdown passes, rate, QB rating of 128, and he had a rushing touchdown. So five total touchdowns for Josh Allen. His team is 3-0. He certainly shouldn't be in the lead for MVP. Obviously, that's Russell Wilson at this point, and the odds reflect that. Russell's plus 175. Josh Allen is 16-1. to Look, if Russell Wilson gets hurt, if Seattle somehow can't keep winning these uh, kind of coin-flippy games, 
Uh, 16 to one on Josh Allen, I, I think is a little bit too high, quite frankly, right now. Yeah, no, um, it's definitely great value right now. The bills are going to keep winning. I mean, they're in a, you know, fairly weak division with Miami and the jets there. Right. So, um, you know, the Patriots obviously are there, but if he, he beats them, you know, one out of two or even both times, um, he's sitting nice. He's sitting nice at 16 to one. He sure is. You mentioned Aaron Donald. He's 100 to one to win the MVP, and I don't think they're going to ever really give a defensive guy uh, the MVP these days. But defensive player of the year, he's four to one, yep. and TJ Watt's four to one. I mean, to me, to have Aaron Donald and TJ Watt at both four to one respectively I'm is taking, a joke. I'm taking Donald all day. Yeah, I mean Aaron Donald at four to one. He he has been dominant so far, and you can see the Rams are going to be right there toward the end here. So Aaron Donald to four to one is is a decent amount of value there for me. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, we talked about that a lot last week. Those odds haven't changed much. Burrow still plus one fifty. Edward Solaire plus two hundred. Um, Jonathan Taylor down to eleven to one. Right. So. Yeah, James Robinson moves up the board after a nice Thursday night game against yep. uh, Miami. I mean, they do take the L, uh, but he looked very impressive. Um, I never saw him really catch the ball that much obviously Jaguars not really you know a team that's on TV all that much but uh, to see him on Thursday night catching the ball and, and, and breaking some tackles he, he definitely looked impressive now am I taking him to, to win the MVP offensive rookie of the year I mean absolutely not but um, you know anybody who, who does play fantasy listening out there James Robinson's legit um, especially when they check down a, a lot you know um, at, with Chark out at this point yeah, we talked about Justin Herbert a good amount last week as well. His odds did drop with the loss. But look, I mean, this is a guy that threw 49 attempts. He had 330 yards passing. So if the numbers continue, if they keep him in, that's that was sort of the long shot thought with Justin Herbert. We'll see what happens with Tyrod. Um, yeah, interesting look, situation. It, they have to uh, manage right. there still, right? And you're not talking just football, right? You're exactly. talking legal legal stuff Le- yeah, that Anthony sure. Lynn has to navigate. Yep, exactly. Yep. So lot, lots going on there, but... Hey, if you have a rookie quarterback on a team that's decent to good, that's going to put up 330 yards, um, there's worse bets on the board. I will say that. Uh, Wags, Thursday night, we're taping this Wednesday, guys. So Thursday is Denver at the Jets. Barn burner of a football game. Look, I mean. Give me your thoughts. Look, we just had the debate last night, and I don't know what's going to be a bigger debacle. Um, That... (laughs) Or this game. Uh, hey, no. Yeah, so, I mean. Compare that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, had that, I had that one sitting up nice and juicy. Yeah. A low-hanging fruit right there. That but, was an easy one, softball. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, you know, look, Gase is going to be coaching for his, his job, like, you know, you mentioned earlier on the pod. And, and you know, I'd be shocked. Eh, maybe I wouldn't be shocked. But uh, I'd somewhat be shocked if the Jets came out flat. Um, you know, maybe they're not in it. Maybe they, they will. Um, but I expect them to come out. This is this is a chance for them to win their first game. I mean, I know it's early in the year, but, um, you know, like you said, Gase coaching for his job, Jets looking flat. I mean, they have an opponent who's on their, you know, a backup quarterback with backup to backup yeah, back, Blake, yeah, Blake Bortles may start. They're saying, yeah, right. The guy's got experience, but you know, the wet, the weapons are, you know, they've got weapons that are hurt on the outside. I mean, Sutton's, Sutton's out for the year. Right. And, um, you know, they're, they're just decimated even on defense. Uh, you know, I expected a low scoring game, you know, it's not going to be like last, uh, Thursday night where, you know, Dolphins put up 31. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to really hit. Uh, I don't know if anybody's scoring four touchdowns in this game. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to watch from the aspect of how these two teams are going to react and play on national TV. Um, you know, what are you, what's your take on the game? Well, I'm looking at some of these props from faraway places, and this is an interesting one that caught my eye. Will both the Jets and the Broncos have a new coach to start the 2021 season from the ones that they currently have? <laughs> yes is plus 120. So if the Jets lose this game, I mean, unless Adam Gase, like Dan Quinn, apparently has blackmail pictures on the owner, uh, he's gone because they're going to have that extra kind of mini buy, right? So you have the 10 days to get whoever you bring in there, new coach, whatever. So I, I assume Adam Gase is gone probably no matter what. Dick Fangio is a little bit harder because it, he, he hasn't been there. Uh, well, actually, no, they've been there the exact same time now that I think about it, right? Second year. Yeah, I'm going to double check on that. But um, I think that's right. Dick Fangio 
hasn't had the head coaching experience that Adam Gase has had because you have the track record with with Gase from Miami, right? So I think you you give a little bit more of a leash with Fangio. And I think, quite frankly, John Elway, if he fires him, that's going to make him look worse than he already does with all his quarterback decisions. So for me, I think Gase is gone, win or lose. Um, I think that they're just sort of buying time. It's hard to fire a guy when you have a Thursday night game. Um, but, man, this game, this look-ahead line was Denver minus 2.5. Now you're looking at Jets minus 1. Most, if not all, of that is the quarterback situation because when you're starting potentially Blake Bortles, Rippon, uh, versus a team that's at home, 0-2, Sam Donald's probably better than any quarterback that the Broncos are going to put out there. Um, this would, in normal times, I think with the home crowd, be sort of that all-in kitchen sink game for the Jets. But you just wonder, has Adam Gase lost the locker room? And are the players sort of knowing he's a lame duck at this point? Are they going to give that all-in effort? I guess we'll find out Thursday. You know, I, I don't expect much. Um, the over-under set at 39. Uh, you know, it figures to be a 21-20 game, a 20-19 game. So, um, you know, uh, it's going to be a bore, a snooze. Uh, you know, check to see what else is, is on TV on Thursday. Maybe, maybe a little date night with your uh, significant other. Next quarterback to be benched during the 2020 regular season. Sam Donald is a plus 325 favorite. If you were curious, the next one. So Fitzpatrick's 4-1, to one, Herbert's 5-1, to one, Haskins is 5-1. to one. So they are saying Sam Donald is going to be the next starting QB bench at plus 325. We shall see how he does Thursday night. Um, we had some unfortunate news wags as far as the COVID testing this week. Uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, looks like that game is PPD as of now. Houston, Minnesota is as of now, they're playing it, but it might be PPD because of COVID. I mean, this was a thing where I don't think it surprises anybody that we're in this situation. Maybe it surprises some people that it didn't happen sooner. But um, I think the NFL is taking every single precaution that they possibly can to not let this thing really get out of hand. So we're going to see what happens with win totals. Will the game get made up? Will it happen Monday night? I think that they're saying that that's a possibility. But uh, as of now, if you know if you have Survivor or anything like that, don't touch either of these games. Would be my recommendation, just because they could get canceled completely. You don't know what's going to happen with scheduling. But as of now, 14 games in this week. I'm sorry, 15 games officially, with one being postponed uh, for now. But the Minnesota Houston game uh, is up in the air as well. Yeah, I think it's going to come out soon. The announcement when it will happen. I think they're talking about potentially Monday, as early as Monday. I think. Hey, doubleheader. Yeah, now that'll be great. I think three players for Tennessee and. and I think recently they just came out with a fourth uh, undisclosed. I didn't see the name at least. Uh, you know, one was Daquan Jones, which, who's a, a nose tackle, and then um, the long snapper or the, you know, and a practice squad tight end. So probably nobody's significant, but obviously there was also five personnel who tested positive. And, um, you know, like you said, you, let's, let's, you know, they're, they're, I guess, erring on the side of caution, making sure that, you know, this doesn't spread. And, and while they're, was uh, no news in Minnesota, or at least no clear positive tests at this point. Um, you know, it just happened Sunday with the you know potential intubation period. Um, it's still positive, uh, possible that the tests were coming back negative. Those players still might have it, so we may hear news if if anybody did catch catch it. Um, probably today or tomorrow uh, that there might be some positive tests. But definitely like how the NFL's handling everything so far. Glad, um, you know, it's somewhat limited and, and only one game potentially to uh, postpone this week. And, and, you know, hopefully everybody uh, gets well and, and there's no uh, significant impact to the player's health. Yeah, well said. I know the Houston game, because that wasn't postponed yet, I knew that line, people were were betting it, assuming that it was going to happen, did move up to five. Houston yeah, minus I think five. it was opened at three and a half, right? Yeah, because of the practice. So basically, Minnesota's facilities are shut down. So they're they're having to Zoom all week to prepare for this game. So can you imagine an NFL team having to Zoom all week, then fly, get on an airplane, fly to Houston, uh, and play a uh, NFL football game? Yeah, so that, yeah, that's, it definitely that's messes tough. up your routine, your rhythm. Uh, not that Minnesota really had much of that. Um, oh, <laughs> but you're not uh, wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, uh, look. Um, We'll see what happens. Hopefully they play the game, and, and hopefully uh, you know there, there's not too much impact there. But um, if they do, uh, you know, Houston looks like a nice, juicy um, play, uh, possibly in a tease. We'll see. Who knows? 
Yeah, that line, I mean, if they announce that the game's happening, I have to think that that line's going to stretch out to six, maybe even hit that key number of seven. Yep, um, exactly. Want to get your thoughts. The Monday night game, obviously, was the game of the year so far. Probably will be the game of the year. Chiefs go into Baltimore, plus three-and-a-half-point dogs, dominate the entire game. Lamar Jackson doesn't even throw for 100 yards. Yeah. He, uh, um, look, a- Andy Reid deserves a lot of credit and props here because – it just seems – look, Lamar Jackson's not a quarterback. He's not a come-from-behind quarterback, I should say. Right. right? So, you know, a- Andy Reid always ha- like was a step ahead. He was playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers. He – you know, I remember a third and five. I mean, the announcers even said something. Um, Baltimore brings an all-out blitz, and Kansas City had a, had a screen set up. It was – you know, it's not really a third and five – typical third and five play to run a screen – but Andy Reid just knew that they were going to blitz. He runs a screen. Uh, everybody comes in. Mahomes drops it off, and they gain, like, 12 yards. It was um, really a thing of beauty. And Reid just gets up early, uh, continues to score. This Chiefs offense is just a machine. Mahomes is so good. Um, you know, that pass that he had to Tyreek Hill in the end zone, he just dropped it in. It was great coverage. Uh once you get up on Baltimore, it's it's tough for them, you know, to to break out of their, um, I guess, cadence of of running the ball constantly. Uh, you know, you force Lamar to throw; he just doesn't have, um, you know, I, I don't think the accuracy, and, and they don't have the the system built for him to to come from behind. So uh, I think that's what happened, and it kind of got out of hand, and um, it was too much for him. Yeah, we saw it last year in the playoffs, yep. right, against the Titans. Same I thing. Mean, yeah. They got behind, and he has to throw, and that's not good for them. I mean, the Ravens, to me, if, if you're into live betting, right, if you're into checking the screen during games, you always want to be on the live betting screen during Ravens games. It is to a T almost every single time. It's amazing. If they get up, I don't know, 10 nothing, 14 nothing, 17-3, something like that, they run the ball down your throat, and they cover, and they win. If they're down 10 nothing, 13-3, 21-10, they almost never come back. And they get blown out because they have to throw the ball the entire second half, and that's not Lamar Jackson. Exactly. For as good as he is, he's not a guy that stands back there and throws the ball and passes the Bro, ball. They so, built the system around him, right? They said, we got this guy. He's a special player. We're going to build our offense around him. We're going to... Uh, you know, nobody's seen this offense before where, you know, it's this run pass type, you know, run, run pass type offense where, um, you know, he can hand it off to Ingram or Dobbins. He could run it himself. He can throw it to Andrews if they all commit and come up. So, um, you know, it's a very unique offense, a very unique system that they built around him for him. And, you know, again, it doesn't work if they go behind early. And we see a reflection in the odds based on the game. We talked about how that game is going to be huge for the tiebreaker. So the Chiefs are in the driver's seat now. The Chiefs are down to plus 210 to win the AFC. Ravens dropped down to 3-1. to one. Uh, To win the Super Bowl, the Chiefs are now the favorite, 4-1. to one. The Ravens all the way down to 650. So, I mean, if you like the Ravens, if you like their chances later on, it's probably a decent buy low spot on them to either win the AFC or win the championship. And then even the division potentially. I mean, we saw the Ravens a massive favorite preseason to win the division, and now those odds are lower than they were preseason. They're now minus 190 to win the AFC North. Pittsburgh plus 215, Cleveland plus 700, Cincinnati 100 to 1. You think that Joe Burrow can somehow get there? But yeah, I mean, look, if you like the Ravens, you say, okay, they look great the first two games. They come in, they just somehow can't beat the Chiefs. I think I saw Lamar Jackson say the Chiefs were their kryptonite which is something you never like to see a team say because then it's kind of in their heads, right? So if, if, if Lamar has to go to Kansas City, say, in, uh, for the AFC Championship game, based on comments like that, I don't like the mentality of him going into that game now. We'll yeah. see what happens in December, January. Yeah, but. for sure. You know, maybe, maybe they'll get lucky. Somebody will knock the Chiefs off uh, by accident. Um, but doubtful. Accident. <laughs> uh, could but, happen. <laughs> but, but to your Ravens uh, – uh, to win the division comment uh, minus 190 you know i think a lot may have to do with you know steelers being a big betting team popular team sure and uh, they look good 
So, you know, everybody's hopping on that bandwagon and, and uh, Vegas has to lower the, the number a little bit um, not to take on, uh, you know, take on too much liability. So, um, you know, that Ravens number gets lower and lower. Uh, minus 190 uh, actually looks pretty enticing if, if you think that the Ravens, um, you know, that this loss was, you know, just because they, they played the best team in the league and they're not going to get behind that often. Uh, minus 190 is great. Yeah, it, it, again, if you're into buy low spots, this is probably the buy low spot because the Ravens are out Washington this week. So assuming that they win that game, they're minus 13 point favorites, that number's going to go up. Yep. So potentially the bottom of the market there for the Baltimore Ravens. And then one thing I always look at, The week after they play Cincinnati. Um, there we go. You know, and then they're at Philadelphia, who hasn't won a game, so. Nice little stretcher. And then I know the without having it directly in front of me, I do know that their schedule kind of opens up for the back part of the year as well. Yep. So maybe the bottom of the market, as I said, for the Ravens. One thing I do like to look at is the win total. So as I mentioned, DraftKings updates season win totals after every single week. Um, and you can really tell sort of where the market's going to be going here. The Baltimore Ravens updated season win total is 11, minus 134 on the over. Kansas City Chiefs season win total is now 12 and a half, minus 125 on the over. So a full game and a half. Uh, between the Chiefs and the Ravens. So the Chiefs are certainly in the driver's seat for that number one seed. And then just going back to what you were talking about for the division wags, um, the Cleveland Browns, 8.5 minus 150 uh, on the over there. So they're saying that the Cleveland Browns are a 9-win team at this point. Um, and the Baltimore Ravens are an 11-win team. So, look, the Browns 7-1, to they're 2-1. to Maybe they could, they're 2-1 if they go down to Dallas or plus 4.5-point dogs this week and win that game. That's a 3-1 football team right there. Um, they would most likely be tied with the Ravens. It's 7-1, to not the worst thing in the world. But Yeah, I think a lot has to do with, look, Dallas hasn't looked good, right? So they're on the schedule. Um, Indianapolis on the schedule, a preseason Super Bowl, you know, popular pick. Uh, who, who lost to the Jaguars week one. Now they did come back and, and, and win a couple of games. But, you know, again, first week teams. Um, who else? The Browns has Philadelphia. Again, 0-2-1 team. So, uh, you know, I think preseason, those three games for the Browns, potential losses are now all potential wins, um, which is why you get to see uh, that win total of, you know, basically Vegas saying they're going to win nine games. Right. And what? Well, the AFC, you have the Chiefs and the Ravens at the top, and then the third team is the Bills at 8-1 to one, along with the Steelers at 8-1. to one. The NFC is completely clustered at the top. You now have a new favorite to win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. 4-1 to one to win the NFC. Green Bay 6-1. to one. New Orleans 6-1. to one. Tampa Bay 6-1. to one. San Francisco 7-1. to one. Dallas 8-1. to one. So you have six teams that are under that 10-1 to one mark. And then you have the Rams. I mean, the Rams are a darn good team. They're 12-1. Wow. So yeah, there's yeah, some good value bears. No, no, no believers in the three and O bears at 16 to one to win the NFC. I don't know, man. They finally bit, benched Mitch, BDN. which was a game too early for me. Cause I think if he stays in Atlanta crushes that game, yep. but uh, Nick Foles, if you think he has the magic 16 to one on a three and O team, eh, there's worse things. They are a dog this week to Indianapolis, but man, I mean, the NFC is just a total cluster at the top. Four to one on Seattle. Of course, that has a lot to do with uh, Russell Wilson, they, and they are minus six and a half at Miami this weekend. So the uh, about a 65 percent chance that they go four and zero. Interesting spot for them, though, having to travel uh, early start time all across. You know, that's a that's a long way from Seattle and Miami. It's a long way. Miami has extra rest off the Jacksonville game. They looked pretty good. Obviously, it was against the Jags. Right. But um, you know, under I, Flores, I, they keep getting a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying they're, you know, I'm not predicting any upset here, but I think that game will be a little closer than people uh, probably anticipate when they see, oh, Seahawks are playing the Dolphins. Seahawks will kill them. You know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a route. Yeah, whenever we, hit, whenever that number hits seven, it, it has hit seven, plus seven a few times this week. It drops uh, we right back pretty, down to six and a half. Right, pretty, pretty quickly, massive yep. resistance. Yep, so, yep, yep. And uh, I, the look ahead was minus seven as well, which was quickly dropped down. Yep. Fits magic. You never know. Although those odds that I mentioned, next quarterback to be benched, he's the second favorite at four to one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that makes sense. I mean, look, the guy, the guy slings the ball. He's thirty-seven years old running all over the field uh we saw him thursday night so he's still got uh you know a little bit in in the tank but i think um you know as the dolphins start uh 
you know, getting deeper in the season um, with their, you know, team, you know, still a little premature here to, to be, you know, a playoff team. Um, I think the fans and the organization might get restless and, and demand Tua. Um, who knows if they cave to the pressure? But, you know, I'm thinking maybe around week eight, nine, um, you'll start to see uh, Tua in there starting. Yeah. I mean, at what point do you just say, say that the Dolphins are like two and six, three and seven, something like that? They probably just put two in for the last two games. Yeah. yeah look, you got to know what you got, see how he does, give him a little experience. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I think he's had some time to learn. And, you know, we'll we'll see when they put them in. Worst team in the league, real quick. Jets, Giants, or Broncos, or someone else? Well, you know what? It's a good question. I think the Jets, Giants, and Broncos are all boring teams, right? But you got to put the Jaguars in there. I think Jaguars are fun to watch, but their defense is just so bad um, that I would put them in there. Now, I'm not saying the Jaguars are the worst team, Um I would have to probably go with the Jets, um, and I think coaching has a lot to do with it. Uh, both both the New York teams, Jets and the Giants, and well, you know, excluding the Bills, um, are probably the both. You know, both those teams are probably dead last. The Broncos are in an unfortunate situation. Their best, uh, you know, offensive play, uh, defensive player. Unless you third. have a five unit play on their under eight. That is also correct. So <laughs> then it's a good situation. Yeah. So um, yeah. Look, they, they they all stink. The Jaguars stink. Um, look, you could put the Dolphins in there. They just won. Um, but these you know these teams all are just not good. Uh, could they surprise? Look, there's a lot of parity in the NFL. Anything could happen. These teams don't go zero and sixteen. There's a reason, right? Um, you know, there are spots that work for them. They're going to play. You know, look, the Jets' defense before the season started was a, a decent defense on yeah, paper. Top Look, 10 on they paper. just yes. have yes. a terrible coach, uh, and these guys don't buy into that bullshit. So um, the Giants are unfortunate because they lost their best player in Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying that he makes the entire team, but uh, it sure helps to be able to pick up first downs, running the ball, and, and setting a tempo. Uh, they can't do that, and we saw that last week against the 49ers, and they played their JV squad um, with all those uh, injuries that they had. Um, so... Look, you, you, you can make an argument in a case for each of those teams. Um, you know, they, they, it's, they're just not good. They're just all not good. Yeah, my, my, my numbers on a neutral make the Giants minus three against the Jets. Yep. To me, it's the I Jets. A lot of that is coaching. And um, it'll be interesting if they get the number one pick. I mean, I don't think they're going to have a choice because they're going to have a new coach. We talked about this. And you, you have Trevor Lawrence staring you in the face. New York, I mean, he would love probably to go to that city. Yeah, right? look, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of pressure to play for that media, but you can't do worse than these guys are doing now. Um, you know, I think we talked on last week's pod, if the Jets got the number one pick, do they do they take Lawrence over the Darnold? And we both agreed that the answer is yes. You have to. Now, you have to. Darnold, I think Jones was a year after Darnold, right? They weren't the same I believe draft. that's correct. So... I I'll guess the same question talking. is posed for the Giants. If the Giants have the number one pick, do you take Lawrence over Jones and just say, look, this guy's not our guy, or, or is it too close to when he got drafted? So Donald was 2018. Yeah, Jones is 2019. Right. So, I mean, look, Donald's had time, man. Donald's That's had what, time, but what about Jones? Do you, if the Giants get the number one pick somehow and they um, are the worst team in the league, do you take Lawrence? or you? I don't think Gettleman Jones? can do it. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I don't think it's going to be the case here. But I also don't think Gettleman can do it because then he would be admitting that he was wrong on Jones, and he would also have to say, "Oh, you know, here's a whole new thing." Right, and right. yeah, and I also don't trust Gettleman to yeah. make the right decision, well, which of course would be to draft Trevor Lawrence. Exactly, but uh, yeah, I foresee um, Giants trading down if that was the case, and just acquiring a bunch more picks, kind of what the. Um, well, I, I, not the same situation, but the, you see the Dolphins ha, had you know made some big yeah. trades when they yeah. traded Tunsil and got two first-round picks from Houston and all that stuff. So, And, and look at Houston now, uh, 0-3, Dolphins getting uh, potentially a really, really good pick here. So, Bill O'Brien, baby, yep. Bill O'Brien. All right, Wags, two big games, two of the biggest games this weekend. First one, Patriots at Chiefs. This one should be awesome. Uh, look ahead had the Chiefs minus seven and a half. The line is currently minus seven. It's bouncing around as far as the juice, but it is sitting at seven. Uh, the Chiefs, of course, 
beat the Ravens Monday Night Football. Short, short week. week. Yep. Short, short week. week. So they're coming back. Against Bill versus, Belichick. Against Belichick off a win, which is different than Belichick off a loss. Belichick off a win. Um, really, really good game here. I mean, I this is a this this is a tough one for me because you had the Patriots who were off a loss versus Seattle coming back versus the Raiders who situationally were in an absolutely awful spot. I was on the Patriots last week. Yep. Nice but call. the Chiefs were supposed to lose this game uh, to to uh, to Baltimore, right? They're plus three and a half. So pre that game, you're thinking, okay, they're going to be coming home off a loss. That's why the lookhead was was on the higher in seven and a half. When they won that game, it takes a little bit off. You see it drop back down to seven, but they do have that short week against Belichick. But look, Andy Reid versus Bill Belichick, it's not going to get any bit better than that. But when you do give Belichick that extra day to prepare. Uh, I think that certainly it's, that's that's something that should be factored in here for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think you're you're right. Um, my my, I guess you put this game on a regular Sunday where teams are coming off, uh, you know, one o'clock game for each of them or a noon game wherever you guys are. Uh, you know, listeners are, are sitting um, on the early side on Sunday. You got to take the Chiefs, right? Because look. The Patriots, uh, you still don't know what they have, in my opinion. Yeah, you have the best coach in the NFL. There's, a, I don't think, you know, top two, um, probably 1A for sure, right? This guy's the mm-hmm. best. But what does he have in, in Cam Newton? Um, what does he have at receiver? What is his defense like? You know, obviously the Seahawks are clicking on all cylinders on offense, but, you know, he gave up 35 points to them. Um, you know, the Chiefs are a better offense, right? So, uh, you know, the Belichick method of, of taking out their top receiver and, and you know, and, du- by, right. and you there's, know, by double teaming him and then taking <laughs> away their second best receiver by putting yeah. their best guy on him. Um, hey, guess what? The Chiefs have Tyreek Hill. They got Sammy Watkins. They got Miko Hardman. They got Travis Kelsey. They got a running back like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, this this offense just has weapons over weapons. And hey, by the way, their quarterback is the best quarterback, or uh, according to him, the fourth best quarterback, because somebody put that out there, and he's using that as a chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, Chiefs are. You know, I think if if they weren't coming off a Monday night game and on a big win against, that they won, yeah. right? That they won. You know, it kind of feels like it could be a letdown, and you're going against the best coach. So, look, this is going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch it. Um, you know, m- Monday night I was pumped. It was slightly disappointing a little bit, right? Because you didn't get to see the fire, you know, that spark from Baltimore really. Uh, but this has the potential to be kind of the, the similar a similar situation. So. Curious to see how the Patriots' offense looks against this Chiefs' defense that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, we talked about the Chiefs being in the driver's seat, you know, for the one seat and all that. If New England goes in there and wins this game, they're a three-in-one team and they have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. And all of a sudden, people are talking about the Buffalo Bills winning winning the division and all that, which is great. Or but the Steelers. New England, yeah, New England oh, well, might the, be in the, the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, New England might be in the driver's seat for the one seed. Who knows? So this is a huge game if New England can some somehow go in there and win. But, you know, you talked about the offense. Cam Newton, yeah, they put up 36 points last week, but that was Sony Michelle, 117 yards rushing. I mean, Cam Newton only threw the ball 28 times, only had 162 yards. Exactly. So the question is, can they outscore this team? Um, man, Patrick Mahomes, He it's, it's like – it looks so effortless is the best way that I can describe he's it. Just when, when he's just having fun. You know, you yeah. love it. He goes out there and it's just, you know, it might be easy for him, but he he is effortless. He, you know, he's always got a smile on his face. He makes tremendous plays and, you know, kind of flicks the ball around on the run, no-look passes from time to time. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, you know, he's kind of transformed the game a little bit. For sure. The other big game, um, there's a few, but the the other one to me that stands out is Bills at Raiders, right? Bills 3-0, looking to go 4-0 against the Raiders team coming back off that horrible spot in New England. So they're coming back home where they look great against the Saints. The look-ahead line on this game was Bills minus 2 prior to last week. It's now Bills minus 3 uh, because they beat the Rams. The Raiders look, look, looked, excuse me, looked bad against New England. Uh, so you have one team coming off a big, coming in here off a big win. The other team coming off a, a, a loss. They're coming home and getting a field goal, which is a point of value from the low cat line. So on paper, uh, take a look at the Raiders here. This could be one where, to me, the Bills coming in high, reading their press, press, 
press clippings. Have to go cross country now to a Raiders team that's off a bad loss. Um, it's a good coaching. Definitely give it to the Bills slightly, but John Gruden's been pretty impressive so far this year. Yeah, no, I think uh, the spot, you got to give the spot to the Raiders, right? This yes. is a, a good spot for them. Uh, Bills coming off kind of an emotional win, right? You know, they came, they, they were up big. There was a roller coaster of a game. They finally pull it out at the end. You know, you get that, like you said, the press clippings, they're celebrating, they're, you know, off this big high. Um, it's, it's tough to keep that high and, and keep, you know, playing that well. Uh, and again, Vegas coming off a very tough, disappointing loss. Um, yeah, I don't think there was much, much expectations from them to come in. Uh, but I think going into the season, even you look back at Vegas and you're thinking to yourself, eh, this team's okay. You know, they're not nothing right. great. You know, seven and nine. Seven, eight, exactly. Eight seven yep. and nine. I could see them being five and 11. Maybe I can see them being eight and eight. They win this game. They're three and one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, I think they have, uh, you know, a good amount to play for here. So, um, you know, I expect to see Vegas kind of come out and and, and impress uh, again. You know, we'll we'll see where this line goes, um, but uh, I, I like the spot for Vegas. Yeah, I will say the injury report. Watch that for Vegas here, especially on the wide receiver front. Rugs, Darren Waller potentially injured too. If you don't have your weapons on offense, especially against a Bills offense that is just humming right now with Josh Allen back there. Uh, that could be trouble. So this is one where you definitely want to monitor the practice reports, the injury reports as we get closer to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So check that out for sure. An interesting one wags for me is the Eagles at the Niners Sunday night. I think this game would probably be flexed out in later times, but they're not allowed to do that. I think this early. Uh, the Niners minus three and a half on the look ahead. The line is now out to minus seven based upon what we saw from both teams last week. The Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, if there's ever a home run all-in spot, this is it. You're getting three and a half points of value going out to San Fran versus still a team that has a ton of injuries. Nick Mullins looked pretty good, as I mentioned. Uh, I should say very good uh, uh, last week against the Giants. But we're going to see, again, injuries, injuries, injuries for this Niners team. Kittle may play. Garoppolo may play. They even say some of those other guys as well. So definitely monitor that that, uh, practice report for the Niners. As far as the Eagles go, this could be one of those where it's just locker room issues. I mean, on paper, they have talent to cover this number, but it's very difficult to to determine what's going on in that locker room. Carson Wentz looks like he has lost all confidence. Peterson's out there playing for the field goal tie at the end, running the ball. Don't even just, get me in, into this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all, you know, for listeners who might not subscribe to the plays, I had the Eagles, Bengals over 46 and a half. Okay. Yep. This game goes to overtime, tied 23 at 46. And I'm like, you know, kind of starting there. I'm like, I'm feeling real good. And then I'm like, oh, man, this game, if this ends in a tie, I literally was thinking that to myself. And then Scott Nanfelt was talking about it. Overtime, overtime. Then there's five (laughs) minutes left, and I'm texting you, ACL. Like, is this really going to end in a tie? And then Eagles get into field position, field goal position. Uh, you know, they're about to kick a 58-yarder at the end of the game with 15 seconds left, and, and one of their guys flinches and goes off sides. I'm like, oh, geez, now we're going to have to kick a 63-yarder. Nope. What do they do? They bring in the punt team, right? The Did you freaking, hate that move? I actually didn't hate it. Uh, I mean, I had over 46 and a half. No, of course no, 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 no. I hate it. I, I'm not talking about your bet. I'm talking about from a strategy standpoint. I thought it was the right move. It was probably the right move. But okay. to me, it also says, like, you know, a 63-yard field goal is definitely a field goal that is, you know, I, I don't know what the, the conditions were on the field if there was wind. So I, I can't really talk to that. But if there was no wind. I'm saying 63 yard field goal and you're in the NFL and you're a field goal kicker and you can't yep. kick a 50, you know, 63 yarder. Um, you know, I know it's far, but to attempt it to win the game, especially as an Owen two team, like you're playing for a tie. Come on. Well, we saw last year, I forget the teams, but it might actually, I think it was the 49ers where basically like Shanahan was saying like the tie has no value. I'm not going for the tie. I'm going for the win. If I don't get the win, I'm going to get the loss, right? So he was doing all this crazy stuff. Yep. And he basically took the loss instead of playing for, for not playing for the tie, but taking the tie. Right. Right. And and we saw with playoff seeding and all that, ties have value. And I think that that's what Peterson was doing. But I, I kind of agree with you that prior to that, I don't know why he was playing for the field goal. He was like, 
it was a 59-yard field goal, and he's out there running the ball yep. three straight times when basically just pick up like five yards, and it, then it's a very manageable 54-yard field goal. I mean, he's running the clock. He's Right, he's and then when the you go offside, then you could try the 59-yarder, right? It was, like, it was very strange. Yeah, that, was, that strange. was a very frustrating L um, that I had to take right on the chin. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see what the Eagles can do and if they can go out. But, yeah, when Wentz looked um, – it almost looked like he was going to cry when he scored that touchdown to, to tie it up at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, I think he's g- given it everything he he's has. Uh, yeah, Might not be enough. Yeah, it's definitely not enough. And, look, they, they got so many injuries. Uh, you know, first their wide receivers go. So they now are like, okay, well, we have two great tight ends in Ertz and Goddard. Well, Goddard's hurt now. Rager just went for surgery. He's, out, he's on the IR uh, on his first thumb. Um, Deshaun Jackson gets hurt in the game. They're literally playing with, you know, junior high players that they're pulling out of the stands. Oh, wait, there's nobody in the stands. So who knows what's going to happen with this team? They need to make some, yeah, maybe we'll see Des Bryant make his comeback. I've seen him uh, on social media. You know, they need something. The Philadelphia Eagles season win total is 6.5, minus 130 on the under. Yep. So not a lot of love for the Eagles there. Um... Monday Night Football Contest time-wise? Let's do it. Let's see so, if uh, we get any Eric Fisher uh, types. Yeah, I'm waiting for someone to do an entry now where it's like some like they pick the center. Yeah, to score yeah. The maybe they pick a defensive lineman thinking that I was going to get him at fullback and uh, or, you know, play tight end, eligible. Could happen. You never yeah. know. All right, guys. Uh, we had a winner two weeks ago. No winner last week, obviously, with the Eric Fisher touchdown there. Uh, but here's the deal. I ask three questions in a minute. If you get all three right, and you're the first person to get all three right, you get 200 bucks in credit, site credit to therealmistracl.com. Uh, there's four ways to enter. You can DM on Twitter, either myself at therealmistracl or him at Cap and Wags, or you can shoot us an email with your answers, acl at therealmistracl.com or Cap and Wags at therealmistracl.com. First question. Packers, Falcons, Monday Night Football. Packers minus seven and a half, or are you taking Atlanta plus seven and a half? Atlanta, Green Bay minus seven and a half, or the Falcons plus seven and a half? You Question taking, two: Taking Quinn plus seven and a half, or Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Football. I bet we see a specific tweet from you on Monday. It's night. my guy on Monday <laughs> night. You know this. People know this. People know this. Prime time. It's my guy. Not that I always bet them. Sometimes I fade them. Oh, but for sure. Just no, in terms no. of watching. You just, you just love those uh, aviators. On, uh... <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> Question two. Name the player who will score the final touchdown in the game. Name the player who will score the last touchdown in the game. Question three. The total number of combined touchdowns in the second half. Total number of combined touchdowns scored in the second half. Half only, not the first half, not the full game. In the second half only. All right. I'm hoping we get a Kenny Clark, that nose tackle for Packers. I hope someone gives in a Kenny Clark last touchdown. Kenny Clark last touchdown. <laughs> if you're if you're so inclined. Um, all right, Wags. Free play time, man. I had Atlanta last week as my free play, and I'm sitting at 26 to 10. And I texted you as soon as it happened when they benched. Uh, Mitch Trubisky and bring in Foles. I'm like, oh gosh, this is this is not what you I want. You texted to see. me and you said, <laughs> the, you said the like, Falcons are going to blow this game. I, you could just sort of feel Nick it. Nick Foles when, is going to come they, back and yeah, screw me. Yeah, and what did he do? I, Screwed you. Yeah, when they brought him in, I was not happy about that. And uh, look, you know, how do the Falcons keep doing this? It's. I well, mean, not only that. How does Dan Quinn solve a job? Yeah, I, I, look, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, it really is unbelievable. Um, you know, Thomas Dimitrov is their GM. I mean, he's he's got to make a move soon. The and uh, you know they put all the stats out there: AWS, ESPN, whatever percentage chance to win. The Atlanta Falcons were ninety nine point nine percent to win Crazy. the game at one point. I want to know. I want to know at, at you know what point in in game betting. Live betting, were you able, you know, what was the bear? What were the bears? Pretty high. Yeah. How about that? I, I didn't look at it myself. I know this, I know the spread was 17 and a half. I didn't take the money line. 17 and a half, you get on the bears in the fourth quarter. Crazy. Um, 
at a certain point when it was 26 cent and Atlanta was driving. So there we go. All right, free play. You want to go first? You want me to go? Uh, you can go first. All right, guys. So full disclosure, I was looking at using the Steeler Titans game uh, as a free play this week. I really liked uh, one of the sides there, but news as we talked about broke that that game is now postponed. So I don't want to give a game that is not being played. So um, I'm calling it audible. I'm going to use a seven-point teaser as the free play today. Two games that fit nicely there. First one, the Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens down to minus five and a half. Uh, Look, I get a Ravens team that I think is going to come out hot after their embarrassing performance on Monday Night Football versus the Chiefs and are going to be looking to put it on the football team here. The travel spot is almost non-existent. 45-minute bus ride into the stadium from Baltimore. So No Chase Young. Also... Yeah, I mean, if you read a lot of the post-game interviews and player quotes, it appears Rivera and a whole lot of the Washington football team has lost all faith in Dwayne Haskins. I, I just don't see this team, especially Haskins, being able to keep up with the Ravens' offense off a loss where they're really, really mad and got embarrassed on national TV. On the other side of the ball, the strength of Washington is their D-line. We all know that. Well, Chase Young is out, as you said. So Lamar is going to have all day back there. We know Baltimore, once they get the lead, we talked about this, they'll just gas you running the ball. So the opportunity to take the Ravens below a touchdown is the first leg there. Ravens minus five and a half. Second leg is going to be Green Bay down to pick them. Now, this game's on Monday night, so part of the strategy here for me is setting up the opportunity for a middle. I love doing this with games on different days. So should the Baltimore minus five and a half side win on Sunday, we're then going into Monday night with the Packers at pick them. By then, I think this line's probably going to be up to 7.5, maybe even minus 8. And then, if you want, you can come back and take Atlanta at that number. Atlanta plus 7.5, Atlanta plus 8, along with the Green Bay pick So we set up a very nice middle there and an opportunity to win both sides, both bets. So the spot on paper is decent for Atlanta, actually. Green Bay coming off a big national TV win versus the Saints. So I wouldn't want to give the points with Green Bay here, but I think taking it down to pick with the thought of potentially coming back on Atlanta plus eight, if you want to set up a middle, it's a really good basic strategy teaser here. So officially the play is Baltimore minus five and a half. Packers pick them in the tease with the strong possibility and strong opportunity to come back for the middle with Atlanta plus seven and a half or plus eight. Love it. I think it's a great strategy there. And I, I agree with, uh, you know, the Ravens coming in and having a little chip on their shoulder after that um, somewhat embarrassing loss. Uh, coming out flat and not being able to hang with the Chiefs on uh, Monday night. So, um, cap and wags free play. Uh, you know, I, I lost my free play last week. Um, I, I had Houston. They've been a huge disappointment. Um, you know, I thought they'd bounce back. They they played two extremely difficult teams, and, and now three. You know, I, maybe I wasn't such a believer in the Steelers. Uh, I thought it was a good spot for Houston getting those points. Uh, they were in it most of the game. They were up big early. Uh, they just let it slip away and, um, you know, some injuries and, and whatnot at receiver and, and uh, Deshaun Watson really not really doing much with his legs, uh, trying to rely on his arms. So, um, you know, that, that was a bust. Uh, hopefully you guys were able to take advantage of my other free play uh, that we posted on the site at therealmracl.com with the Detroit Lions first half team total over. Nice play. Nice play. Um, yeah, and they ended up actually winning the game. So curious to see what the Cardinals do and how they bounce back. But getting back to the free play, uh, I am going to take the L.A. Chargers Tampa Bay Buccaneers under 44. Um, the reason is you get Godwin who's out, one of the studs on, on Tampa. The Chargers have a very good defense. Um, going to put some pressure on Brady, who um, might not be used to the pressure uh, so far. Um, and, and also uh, the weapons being somewhat depleted in Tampa with the defensive uh, backs uh, with the Chargers that we saw on my free play a couple weeks ago that held um, Kansas city in check. Um, you know, I think they do the same look, it is on the road, but uh, on the flip side, the bucks defense is solid. The chargers offense um, still struggling, uh, you know, on the road, Herbert's first road game. I don't think it's going to be uh, very pretty. Um, and I suspect this game ending somewhere like uh 24, 13 or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, under 44. Good stuff, Wags. Yeah, it should be an awesome weekend, guys. And as far as college, uh, 
Alabama's playing A&M, 2 versus 13, and then Georgia's playing Auburn. So number seven versus number four. So just a fantastic football weekend. Uh, NBA Finals are going on. Hockey just ended, Wags, and you had, I believe, the Tampa Bay Lightning preseason to win it at, what, plus 750, right? Yeah, we had two nice futures that hit. Um, obviously, Tampa Bay plus 750 uh, was, was a preseason play. And then before the playoffs started, um, I had the Dallas Stars to win the West at plus uh, How about 700. That? So two huge plays, cash for uh, Cap and Wags and, and the clients. So, um, you know, great end to the NHL. Uh, I think we're up 25 units in the bubble alone. Um and probably another 25 or so over the season, if not more. So uh, huge, huge, um, you know, I'll get those numbers out, but uh, obviously huge year this year, um, you know, look forward to the start of the next season. It's probably going to be happen uh, pretty soon. So yeah, uh, I was going to say they're probably going to get going soon, right? Yep. So <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You know, there, there's a lot going on. You got the, uh, College football, like you said, this week uh, looks really good. I like the SEC matchups. Um, you know, it's going to be a big week for us. And then uh, next week, getting ready for that Clemson-Miami game. Ooh, big one there. Yeah. Big one there. The U is back, right? Well, the U is back. I guess we'll, we'll find out in a week or so. Yeah, we will. We will. Yeah, NBA Finals starting tonight, which should be fantastic. Uh, French Open is going. That's been great so far as well. So be sure to check the real com guys. Not only for the packages, but articles are up there. Wags mentioned the Lions free play he had. We put up free plays up there as well. So the real com is the website. Twitter, Instagram, we are on there as well. So be sure to check us out. Anything else, Wags, before we get out of here, headed into week four? No, this is a great pod. I think we're going to have a huge week this week. Uh, this weekend's going to be great, and uh, look forward to um, you know discussing it on the pod next week. There we go, guys. Be sure to get those Monday Night Football questions in. Be sure to leave the five star review. Tell your friends, your enemies, your spouses, your whomever else about the pod, and help us keep going. We certainly do appreciate that. So, all right, for Cap and Wags, I am ACL. We will talk to you guys same time next week. Enjoy the weekend and good luck to everybody.